0: new premier league season is here and so is the fantasy premier league whether you are a new manager or an expert follow all the tips the strategies the disappointments and how to beat the competition raise yourself and enjoy the ride hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the fpl manager script yeah it's 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 a game week I mean, speaking of game week nights, the game has, that, that gave us a lot of points. And um, it's, it's, it's the FPO manager's delight to have a lot of points. We saw a lot of hat-tricks and two derbies, two old um derbies, old classic derbies. That gave us a lot of fun, a lot of points in there, and a lot of things to talk about. So joining me this evening, I've got the Liverpool man back again. We are so glad to have him. We have... FPL Lewis here, and we are going to be you're he- going to be hearing from FPL Messi. Uh, he is the one that lost every single point of the magician Ellen Holland. We go- you you would, you would get to know how he felt, what made him changes mind at the eleventh hour. We'll hear all of those in this very episode. So we're here, stick and stay. Good evening once again, um, gentlemen. Yeah.
1: Good evening. Good to be
0: back.
1: Sure. We have a couple of you know a uh, couple of weeks away yeah, a of couple of weeks, but you know you've got to come back on the pod <laughs> and uh what a week to come back on
0: <laughs> okay all right help Missy, if you can hear us good evening welcome yeah thank you Bobby, for having me today sure sure sure, sure. last week was really really awesome uh it's it's, it's good yeah you're back yeah. so you have a lot of uh exciting things to tell us uh you missed out on the Haaland Hall. So let's start with you, if you don't mind. Uh, what's what what made you change your mind at the eleventh uh, uh twenty three points and you didn't get any of it? What what happened?
2: So you you know in the last
0: episode of the
2: podcast, I talked about Salah being the best captain option.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So I just I just wasn't convinced on Alan. The problem there is that it's not that I actually doubted Alan's potential for Hall but I had a feeling that Salah was going to outscore Haaland, but then it just went wrong, like it just went sideways. Mm. The interesting thing about it was that I took a hit to bring in Salah, mm. so that was like the most annoying part <laughs> of it. It happened six minutes before the deadline because I was really undecided. Wow,
0: you're almost there. I, yeah, I regretted it. <laughs> <laughs> okay so um what was the total points um overall i had 71 hmm. mm. um, yeah luis minus so I,
2: minus four i think that was about 67
0: uh-huh. because of the heat that I took on Salah. yeah i i i feel your pain speaking of salah let's move on to the liverpool man louis edwards uh louis how was the game week nine
1: uh, said the best game week for me so far. Um, I finished on a um, for the week. Obviously, having Haaland, Foden, Madison uh, all really helped me out. I think. Um, you yeah. know, I think they're they they're the main three. Um, but also, if you look at like say I had Trippier as well. Here you we know, got a, another clean sheet. So yeah, overall, a really good week.
0: Mm. Oh, okay. You missed out on um, um, at the last episode. And in the last episode, we, 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 we talked about players like Bowen. And then again, um, Louise between you and you and I, we, we, we have been observing um, this, this thing that happens to us almost all the time, apart from the Liverpool assets, where we talk about a player. And the player just goes out there to shame us by hauling. Gerald Bowen did it again. Um, how was the feeling? How was the feeling? I, 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 and I want FPL Messi to talk about it because he was the one on Jared Bowen's case last last episode. So
2: um, I I did not doubt Bowen's potential attacking wise. He had a scrambled assist. There were there were opinions that it wasn't supposed to be an assist, but then he well, he took the point as the assist and he managed to score. Mm -hmm. The goal has just been looming. It was just a matter of time. He has taken the second most shot in West Ham, the most inside the box. So it was just a matter of time for him to score, basically. In his match prior to the last one, he saw how hungry he was to score. He saw how hungry he was to silence critics regarding his place in the England squad. Mm -hmm. So I just knew over time, he just needed more time to prove that. You, can't, you shouldn't doubt his attacking potentials, so that he's that good. And I was happy to see him get on the score sheet eventually. And I see okay. him doing it subsequently, to be very honest about it. He's oh, okay. that good. And he has decent pictures on his side.
0: Mm. Speaking of recent future, we are going to have a a, a midfield delight, and we will be talking about not 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 the premium midfield midfield but midfielders, but a couple of midfielders who can also help out. So, um, Louis, coming to you, game week nine. What were some of the exciting um things you saw in game week nine? Mind you, there's there's a blank game week, game week twelve where. The whole community is talking about. So, who are some of um, what are some of the exciting things you saw in game week nine? Um, going into game week ten, you would you would really take a keen interest in.
1: I think for me, it, it's got to be the Manchester derby. That was that was the big one. Okay. Um, obviously me being from Manchester, it was a big thing where I am. You know, there's a lot of hype. There's a lot of excitement. Um, it was just such a good game. I don't know mm-hmm. if, you, if you watched it or not. I did, it was a yeah. Brilliant, it was a brilliant game. You know, 6-3. You know, arguably, the three United goals were a bit kind of a kind of let in, if you want to say that. <laughs> um, I think that, that was the stand-up game and, and the Leicester Forest game. I watched that one as well and that was brilliant to watch.
0: No, okay. Okay, all right. So, uh, um, I'm... I'm, I'm... Moving on to, um, I mean, game week ten. Who, what are some of the fixtures that you are targeting as a manager? And um, um, I mean, you have had a, you had a, a hundred plus points, um, the best game week so far for you. I had an eighty four because I was so stubborn; I didn't get Madison in in time. Um, what are some of the fixtures you are targeting, Lewis? Um, some of the fixtures you are targeting heading to game week ten you are thinking at least some of your assets are going to get points for you in there
1: uh, for me I would probably I'm looking at the Newcastle Brentford game okay. um, and also the, the Crystal Palace and Leeds game mm-hmm. um, you know I think I, I, you know, I've i got Zaha I've got a few Newcastle assets um, I think those are the main two for me Um I would say Fulham, but that's only going to depend. The Fulham West Ham game, that's only going to depend if Mitrovic is all fit and firing. But yeah, it's the Crystal Palace and Leeds and Newcastle Brentford. Oh,
0: no, okay. All right. me see what are some of the, 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 the fishes you are
2: targeting? The most interesting feature I fancy this week is Manchester City versus Southampton. So, yeah. Southampton is the only team in the league that are yet to keep a clean sheet. Uh And you know the interesting thing about City playing at the Etihad, this season so far, the least amount of goals they scored at the Etihad in the Premier League is four goals. Uh They put four past one month, they put six past Man United, they put four and six more. So I I see a goal festival in that match. And to be very honest, you need to know that there's only one man that will be in the center of most of the actions. So... Manchester City versus Southampton is a match I fancy. And I also fancy Fulham versus West Ham. So, but I'm not really looking at coping in Bowen into my team at the moment, but it's a feature I'm going to watch because so far Bowen is still on my watch list. I'm not really, really convinced yet that I should just scoop him into my team, basically. And yeah, the Crystal Palace versus Leeds, yes, is also an interesting feature I fancy. From the attacking perspective of Zaha's potential, I think Crystal Palace versus Leeds is a match that I see. Um, I see something close to a hole from Zaha. So
0: those are like the matches I'm really, really targeting this week, basically. Mm, okay. Speaking of Zaha, we're going to be talking about transfers, and of course, um, I mean, Zaha isn't the differential anymore, is it? So we're going to talk about transfers. But then, um, now let's look at the changing strategies. I mean, uh, last season, I mean, in seasons before we, uh, all managers were looking at, um, I mean, having premiums up top. Last seasons, um, I mean, last season's winner, FU winner, Jamie Pickett, um, drew our attention to the fact that, fine, you could also play big at the back where you have a lot of players like uh, last season's form that Robertson had, trained, likes of James, um, even Trippier to, to a point. But then this season, it's, it's almost as if every now and then the strategy is changing. You, there are times where we started with five at the back and then Trent wasn't giving you the, the points. Now... Uh, Chimikas is sharing the same position with uh, uh, robertson and 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 you you don't even know who would start the game chelsea are not really good defensively even though um they kept a, they kept a clean sheet in the champions league so what are what are some of the strategies uh uh, uh messi uh, what are some of the strategies that you you are really recommending for for, for managers to really employ i
2: think I think the interesting part of FPL is that FPL isn't really a static game. Mm-hmm. So it's more of a dynamic posture where we tend to adapt to the changes in in the performances of the players generally. Okay. So at the beginning of the season, going bigger bigger the back was like the go-to option. It was the most interesting and most promising line up to start your team with. Mm -hmm. Well, with the underperformance of the premium defenders, Trent, Robertson, basically Liverpool's defensive assets, it has just changed the dynamism of the whole game. And with the potential and the all-in capabilities of our attackers. So basically, we've we've transited from the era of big at the back to stacking up your attack with players that have potentials to all. put players that have underlying stats that have been very, very impressive. Massive goal involvement, massive expected goal involvement, massive XGs, expected assists. So. And then most of the time, you're just looking at three at the front and the flexibility is the flexibility and the alternating is just between your midfield and your defense. So, people can decide to go four at the back. Some people can decide to go three at the back. Some people can decide to go four at the midfield. And some can go three at the midfield. So, it just boils down to preference. But the most common adapted stat- tactics that everyone is going with now is three at the front. And most of the premium three at the back are actually owned by. The combination is actually very interesting. Rich so James, Kieran Trippier, and Yaw Cancelo. So Kieran Trippier is a kind of player that you don't necessarily, he doesn't necessarily have to keep a clean sheet for him to rack up bonus points. He creates a lot of chances, which which propels his, his bonus points system, which propels his points in the bonus point system. Yeah. And he has put attacking potentials. He assists. He makes these advanced runs on the wings, same as Rich James. Rich James is even now. Rich James, his performance against um, AC Milan in the week during the week, just yeah, just during the week. So he's that player that has that potential and ability to hold. I think among the defenders, he's ranked highest among defenders with expected good involvement. So mm-hmm. Rich James is definitely a must hold, and your Cancelo. Manchester City. Some people now have preference, feeling that Cancelo isn't really the third Manchester City option they want to look at because Foden has been quite impressive and some people want to own Foden, De Bruyne and Ireland. But then Cancelo, Cancelo has just been impressive. His underlying stat has been magnificent. So, so three at the back and then the midfield, that's where they had, they had varying options based on preferences and underlying stats which actually factors to the reason why people have different preferences. But most templates team have those three at the back that I just mentioned. And I think that's like the strategy majority of the community are Mm -hmm. adapting
0: into. Oh okay. All right. Luis, you you have been have been doing this uh, I mean I I don't I don't know but have you also been changing system because Personally, I have been changing systems. I started five, I started five at the back. Now I, I, now I wish we could even play two at the back so I can have all my midfielders playing. What has what been your strategy? And what, what, what strategy would you recommend for, for, for struggling managers? I think
1: for me personally, I think you have to look at it logically. Okay, I mean, you, can't, you can't overload a new defense for mm-hmm. me can't overload your midfield, and you can't put all your money into your strikers I think you've got to balance it perfectly you know have one or two premium defenders three mid you know three mid priced um, midfielders and then maybe a premium midfielder and then a budget striker and two premium forwards you know because you, then you've got options in every area of the field in terms of selling players for profit and you know, get into other players and stuff like that. So that's the, um, the, that's the route I'd go, you know, balancing the whole, in your whole team. Don't overload.
0: Mm, okay. Don't overload. Okay. All right. So um, speaking of don't, don't don't overload, I think one thing the we've also seen, Lewis, um this season is, what's, I mean, in past seasons, you know, you would pick premium goalkeepers because they're going to keep clean sheets here and there. This season, it's almost as if every goalkeeper, even the premium goalkeepers, uh, so to speak, the premium goalkeepers, are the ones who have kept lower. I mean, fewer amount of, of of clean sheets. I mean, I'm even I'm even saying that this season might go down. the 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 Golden Globe winner might go down as one of the worst. <laughs> I mean. Or oh, the keeper with a few, I mean, number of the number of clean sheets. Is 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 goalkeeping really a thing that managers should really be looking at now? I mean, speaking of the defense, because now um your your Allison's, your Edisons, your I mean, your top goalkeepers are not giving you the clean sheets now. So is is, is goalkeeping really a thing for managers now? I
1: think
0: it's um. Okay, so. cool. Okay, let's 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 hear you.
2: Okay, so um, in the goalkeeper aspects now, I don't really see any goalkeeper as premium or, or budgets. Yeah, the the reason we tag them as premium is because of their price, tag. and mm-hmm. so the difference between the so-called premium goalkeepers and the budget goalkeepers is just a one million difference. Uh-huh. As at last season, Alisson and Ederson were about 6 million, but I think they dropped to 5.5 million. So I don't see why you should fancy going for a premium goalkeeper when you can actually afford a Pope who has been steadily dropping interesting points and even other budget goalkeepers. Yeah, exactly. I'm not having these premium goalkeepers, basically. will limit attackers from their teams. Imagine going for Ederson now. You just wouldn't be able to get one of Cancelo, De Bruyne, or footing in your team because because um, Ederson is already occupying a third Manchester City slot in your team, and you mm-hmm. shouldn't have a mag- the maximum number of players from a particular team. You can have is three, yeah. And then, to some extent, in FPL, the only premium goalkeepers are Ederson and Allison. And you know how bad Liverpool has been defensively. Defensively, they've been so terrible that we don't even consider the wing back as, your wing backs as decent asset anymore. Uh-huh. I don't see you, I don't see why you would go for Allison when you could have actually coped Nick Pope when he was 5.0 and would have even helped in increasing your team value over subsequent week. I think he has increased by about 0.3. And he has racked up so many bonus points, especially whenever they keep clean sheets. And he's been keeping clean sheets. So, and the interesting thing about Nick Pope is that Newcastle have faced the um, one of the most shots in the league, but majority of their shots are from, majority of the shots Nick Pope has faced have been from outside the box due to yeah. how good Newcastle have been defensively. Uh-huh. And from a goalkeeper perspective, that is actually very interesting because he helps him to rack up safe points And in the process of racking up save points, you accumulate points in the bonus point system, thereby giving you an edge over other goalkeepers where premium goalkeepers, where they hardly find it to, they hardly find, make saves in the game because of how good their defenses are basically. So you see Pope getting as much as three bonus points, two bonus points, and you tend to see Ederson, no matter how much killing shit he keeps, he doesn't even get to the bonus point system. So um and the interesting thing about this season is that they are so yeah, it's so so hard to predict that matches will keep a clean sheet because there's always a potential for a goal goal from each side. So I don't see I don't see any goalkeeper racking up to twenty clean sheets this season, to be very honest.
0: I, I don't see. Even fifteen would be would be by grace. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Louis, let's hear from you. I'm um, goalkeeping delight. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I think when it comes to goalkeepers, you need to this season especially if you don't go for your premiums. There's no point. Um I think in the maximum you go for like like it was said, Nick Pope at five million. You know, because he's making them save points. He's then gonna be able to go up in price, which is gonna add value to the team. And in the long run, if you need another if you need to, when the fixtures change, you need to get rid, you can then, if you want to, then go to a premium keeper if the fixtures are looking better for them. Because I think you find when one good team has good fixtures, and another has bad. Um, so that could that couldn't help the clean sheet points. Um, but I think if you have to ask me what keeper, what keepers we should have, it uh, should be Nick or Guaita from... Palace, I think.
0: Oh, okay, okay, all right. Um, so now, Louis, you are a Liverpool fan. We, we we come on every day, hoping that Liverpool are gonna give us the Liverpool we know. Because as far as FPL is concerned, there's only one magician until he's now been rivaled by Holland, and that magician used to be Mohamed Salah. We get to Salah in a bit, but then the Liverpool defense now is it is it time we completely took our eyes. Of the Liverpool defence because in Champions League we have um, Arnold getting you brilliant goals then it gets to the Premier League and then they are playing a 3-3 draw with the likes of Brighton Salah not, Salah not giving you really really anything to, to, to really count your hopes on Is it, isn't it now time we moved away from um, the Liverpool defence so um, managers who have trends what way what is the way forward for them? Should they sell or should they still keep defeating him? Um
1: it's a hard one because even though defensively we're not great, it's it's still Trent and he can still get forward and play like a midfielder and mm-hmm. get the ball in. He's on three kicks, as we saw in the Champions League. But it, it's hard to say, but yeah, I'd say you need to get rid there's better options, there's cheaper options and there's options in teams that are keeping clean sheets and, you know, I look at Fulham I know they're not keeping clean sheets but there's so many cheaper options. For example Tete at Fulham I put him in a couple of weeks ago okay. like two minutes before the deadline and it was um, he went out against Forrest and got me assist and nearly, nearly a clean sheet but it was just one of them them days but what it just backs the fact that the there are good, cheaper options who are in better form than the Liverpool defence.
0: Okay. So so you 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 want um you are going for a sale, right? Yeah,
1: I'd, I'd say sell. I personally don't have him. Um mm-hmm. but if you do have him, I do think it's time to to get rid. Or if you're a daring player and you wanna try and keep him till the fixtures get better in 13, 14, 15, just before the World Cup, then you you can you, you can go for that.
0: Okay, all right. So now let's get into where today's conversation is really going to dwell for a bit, and that is the midfield. The midfield. Now we know Salah is not giving us the point. The only premium midfield, midfielder who is actually giving us a uh, lot and lot of hope is KDB. Now, um speaking of the three four-three system. Where, where most managers are now. Looking at um, the kind of midfielders, I mean, starting starting this whole season, we're all so soaked, on, soaked into the 8 million met. And with the 8 million mates, uh, I think Foden, I think only Foden, Bernardo is a little below 8 million. So we know KDB is a keep, definitely, even though his has a blank in game with all. Who are some of the mates? that you in your own estimation you've talked about Boeing uh, maybe you talked about medicine for a bit but then who are the mid mid-folders that you are really hoping or we are really tipping to give us the points this this game week so uh, Messi let me start with you okay Um. first and first
2: I wouldn't agree with you if you say KDP is a keep mm. okay I have my opinions about that. Okay. But then the midfielder I fancy in the long run. I think I really fancy with Zaha. Okay. So he has been one of the Premier League's best goal scorers in 2022. Uh-huh. And with excellent fixtures in the way, he has Leeds, Leicester, Wolves, Everton, um, Southampton, West Ham and Nottingham Forest. These guys rank very, very low in big chances considered. Okay. So Zaha to me is is a great player to bring in, both short term and long term. You know, you know, you know, Zaha's abilities. Too. So Zaha for me is a set and forget at least for now. Okay. And looking at Zaha and also Madison, Madison, Madison. Madison has been quite impressive. I think, in my opinion, he's the most interesting standard talisman for Leicester City. Okay. So he has just been impressive, and his underlying stat has just been getting better and better. And then him playing on the right right side of the attack just increases his potential to definitely hold. And he has a decent set of features coming. So I really, really fancy Madison, even as a captain in the blank game with twelve.
0: Mm, okay. Yeah,
2: so I fancy I fancy Madison also. And another midfielder I actually I'm actually looking at is on my watch list at least for now. He's not really um, a player I own at the moment, but he's on my watch list. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at Bowen. Yes, we talked about Bowen last week. Uh, he hasn't he has been underperforming his mm-hmm. expected goal involvement, but then. Bowen has interesting pictures, at least three of his next five games rank low in the picture difficulty rating. I think he has Fulham, Southampton, Bournemouth in his next five games. So he's really another midfielder that I will look at, and his effective one is actually very, very low. So Bowen, yeah, Bowen is a good to option. But then, if I'm looking beyond game week 12, like I'm looking at game week 13 to probably the game week before the World Cup, and I might actually consider Foden and Saka. I think Martinelli is a majority of our teams, and Mm -hmm. most of us would not even sell him in game week 12, we probably most likely would bench him. So Martinelli is not really a player I'm going to talk about because I feel he's not really a player we should talk about is just that Martinelli, the best at that price range, at least for now, until the conversations about transfer starts. Okay. Conversations about transfer start coming in, but then so those are like the players I'm looking at, and then people now have their preference between um, De Bruyne and Salah. That's De Bruyne and Salah, but to be very honest, I'm not looking at any of them. I'd rather own Kane. I'd rather own Kane and be able to afford one of these mid mid feeders you understand like right? so he's having cane and probably zaha over a Solanke and Solanke and Salah or Solanke and KDB. I think our effort testing move on the cane and zaha side basically so that's mm-hmm. why I said I don't agree with you saying KDB is a must keep, exactly, because I really do not fancy Kdb. Oh, okay. And it's but just so, a matter of time mm-hmm. before PEPS rotation starts opening. So very soon we'll see PEPS rotation, PEPS ruling is biggest form. It's just a matter of time.
0: Mm. Oh, Okay, just a matter mm. of time. Um, I mean, of course, uh, in the midweek game against the Club Roach, um, KDB was on the bench, so it's it's, it's, it's yeah, easy. yeah. But then he started on the bench. of course, and then he. uh So Louis KDB uh, in our teams, and mind you, he has seventy nine points against Sarab. Is 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 he really for keeps? And if he is, um, who are going to be partners? I I don't know whether you still have Salah because you had Salah for. A good number of weeks. I don't know whether you still do. If you do, um, do you think you would you consider switching? If you if you are going to consider to who are some of the mates that are, that you think are going to show us um, a a a great haul in game 10 So I'm
2: actually very very certain and com- I'm very convinced that KDB is going to outscore Salah in this next game week. Okay. But then I'm looking at it beyond this game week. I'm looking at it at get from the perspective of game week 11. So in game week 11, these guys are going against each other, KDB versus Salah. Uh-huh. And I think, I don't know, no matter how bad it is for Liverpool, I think whenever they are at Anfield, I think KDB will find it more difficult at Anfield compared to Salah at Anfield. So from the game week 11 perspective, I think Salah is the better option. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't write off KDB because we know we know how good KDB is. Majority of his, majority of the assist he has got in Ireland has been on the receiving end, and we know how clinical Harland could be. So I'm not writing off KDB to be very honest. Most of his attacking returns have come from assisting Harland, and we know how dangerous Holland is in front of goal. But then I still feel I still feel Salah will thrive more in game week eleven than KDB, and with KDB having a blank in game week twelve and Salah facing West Ham in game week twelve, I think it is quite logical who you should who you should actually have. But I won't be advising anyone that wants KDB this week to swap to Salah. To be very honest, no, that's a no-go. Uh, yeah, so, okay. Beyond this game week, I think if you are looking at a week where you want KDB out of your team, I think it's game week eleven.
0: Mm, oh, okay. Okay. All right. And then um, I mean all, all in focus of the the blanket game week, game week twelve. Okay, so um so Lewis, um tell us your your audio, this midfield delight. I we mean, I know this is gonna go down to the last minute. You uh you have made some some interesting last minute changes, and then um <laughs> so this midfield delight. How do you see it going down this week? I'm hoping for the same
1: as last week. Um, because okay. I'm I'm looking at my midfield now, and I had Martinelli and Zaha, with you know, one got four, one got two, but then Madison got 18 and Foden got 19. So I can't really complain. I'm hoping for the same thing. Um, and if anything, the games are actually easier. You know, has got Leeds, Fulton's got Southampton, uh Martinelli has Liverpool. I'd wanna say it's harder, but it might not be, with how they're playing. And Madison's got Bournemouth. So I can see him hauling again. Mm. So I do think it's gonna go the same way. But I'm gonna get a good few points from the midfield.
0: No, mm, oh, okay, okay. All right. So um now, um, proud to game last the last game week, everybody was rooting for Mitrovic even ahead of Issues getting into the North London Derby. And so, uh, I don't know, but then Mitrovic picked up a knock. So now, who comes in place of Mitrovic? Looking at his points and looking at the matches. Um, it, I mean, it, it used to be an easy choice moving from Mitrovic or moving around from Mitrovic. But then now, looking at what's going on, and then also put in mind that there's a blanket game with 12. What are some of the replacements for for, for Michović? I think,
1: for me, there are five options that you should be going for. I think one of them is um, Solanke from okay. for Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one is Martial from United. Uh, Antonio at West Ham, Wilson and Watkins. Okay. Um, if you wanted to throw Brennan Johnson... Um, in there from Forest, you could or Dakar from Leicester. But I think you know them first five are, are key. I think right. you've got the money to go for Tony. But the the only thing with Tony is the fixtures aren't amazing. He's got Newcastle, Brighton, and Chelsea. It it just depends what you want to do, really. But those first five are the main ones that you should be going for.
0: Mm. Oh, okay, all right. Even even heading to game week two, I was I was looking at. Um bearm fixtures. He's got Leicester, he's got Fulham, he's got some he got West them before he moves to, to Spurs And in the blank game week, he's got he's, he's got Saramton. So I'm looking at um Solanke getting in there and being a differential. I don't know whether by then he will still be a differential, but um we look at how how he how he goes. So if you almost see um we are talking about uh Mitrovic picking up and picking up a knock, looking at we are all rooting for Mitrovic as our third option. Which was blowing up in the community. Now he's picked up a knock. And then, even by picking up a knock, most men just believe that he might play through to the World Cup. So, if there are supposed to be replacements, who do you think should come in for for Mitrovic? And by the way, do you even own Mitrovic in the first place? (laughs) Okay, I actually own Mitrovic. Yeah. Yeah. So,
2: my opinion about Mitrovic basically, I just feel managers shouldn't make rash moves with Mitrovic. I think we should wait for more information on his injury before throwing him out of our team. So, okay. if he's likely to miss just one game week, then I think we should, You, the best bet is to actually hold him. Mm. Because he has attractive fixtures, he has Bournemouth, Aston Villa, I think Leeds, Everton after game week 11. So I still fancy him as an interesting prospect. I, I don't think we should. I think we should just wait on the news on Mitchell. But then if you are looking at replacements, I think Watkins is a player I can take a punt on this week, not in Forest. And during the weekend, I actually took my time to watch the highlight of Villa's match. I felt... Watkins was actually unlucky not to have scored a goal. He had six shots in the box, three mm-hmm. big chance involvement. So he, w- he was actually very, very dangerous on the attack. He wasn't just, he wasn't lucky enough on the score sheet. But Watkins is just a player i will take a point on this particular week, if if I really want to take a point on any player. besides taking a point? I think, I think um, Callum Wilson is the best bet. Okay. Best replacement. So I'm going to rank them in this order. To so me, I feel Carlomilson first and probably Ivan Tony. And you can look at um, Solanke. Solanke, mm-hmm. Solanke's underlying start has been very, very poor. If I were to even have an opportunity to go between Solanke and Patzindaka, I would actually go Patendaka because Patzendaka has a better underlying start than Solanke, the only minute, the only problem about in Daka's stats is just his expected minutes. And well, he's more of a goal threat than Solanke. But Solanke yeah. is like your best bet. Solanke, probably whenever Bournemouth have an opportunity to be on a freak, on a penalty, Solanke is like their penalty taker. And he's like a guaranteed 90 minute man. So that's like the only advantage Solanke has over over um, Pat Sindaka. Then the the next one I'm going to look at is Gianluca Skamaka. I don't know. People aren't really talking about Skamaka, but Uh I think the goal he had in the last match was just like what he needed for us to know that this guy is actually class. And he has a decent set of features coming up. I think he's probably going to start in the next couple of games. So Skamaka is actually someone that you should look out for. I'm not really going to rush into Skamaka. It's just probably a player that is on my watch list. But Then Skamaka, impressive. And then the last person on the list, not really the last person, but the last person I'm going to really look at is probably Daniel Welbeck. So I okay. feel I'm um, under this new Brighton and Hove Albion manager. I think Brighton are actually a very very attacking side, and you could you could see it in their performance at Anfield. They, they took the game to Liverpool. Like they played a very open game. I think that was the reason why um, Liverpool were able to even score three. Because if they were to be a team that sat back after scoring goals, they probably would have. They probably would have stolen the win. But they played a really open game. So um, I really, I really fancy Brighton and Brighton attackers. But then Robek is just basically the last on my list of replacements for Mitrovic. But then the best replacement for Mitrovic in my opinion is actually Mitrovic. He's just his best replacement. So <laughs> I would actually advise anybody thinking on replacing him to wait at least just listen to um listen to the press conference, listen to what the manager, Fulham's manager, has to say about Mitrovic before lumping him out of your team.
0: Mm. Oh, okay. All right. They're gonna to go to differentials in a bit. But um looking at my team right now, I've got Cancelo, Martinelli, Haaland, Jesus. I managed to get Edison out of my team. Heading into game week 12, which is three, it is two game weeks away. What you do you think managers should do? Should managers be taking hits just to go away from the city assets? Should they put them on the bench? Even managers who've got chips, Louis. Let me start from you if, if 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 that's okay. What do you think managers should do heading into game with
1: twelve? So I think, you just need to be prepared. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of managers that are forgetting about the blanking game week twelve
0: mm-hmm. because I know
1: you saw my tweet today about a lot of people in mini leagues are completely forgetting about it, and you've got to use that to your advantage. You've got to, you've got to be prepared for it. Um, especially if you have you know say four or five players from um, from city and Arsenal f- f- <sighs> it's one of them you, you, you might have to just take a few hits you might have to save transfers still and just you know give you free ones um, in the build up to week 12 for me it's a bit different I've got four I've got Harland, Foden martinelli and Cancelo. oh so, my bet is to take Cancelo out. You know, he's not a big price. Rate, he's only had 0.1 price rise. You can get him out, and then the week after, you can just bring him straight back in. Mm. You know, um, I'd just say be prepared.
0: Mm, be prepared, okay. All right. But then if, if anybody has got chips, if, they, if, if anybody has got chips between um, free hit and wild card, what would you advise? Um, I think
1: if you have still got your wild card, that's the best bet. Because mm-hmm. if you're gonna wild card in game week twelve, then it's only four game weeks to the World Cup and you could take advantage highly of four weeks worth of fixtures. Um because then you'll get another wild card. So I think I wouldn't free hit. Save it. If you've already used it, fair enough. Do what you wanna do. Um to wild card in game week 12 and have effectively a four week card and then we give given another one. There's not more you can really ask for, it. it's perfect. I think I think if you're going to use it because we have to use it before the World Cup, it's the perfect time.
0: Oh, okay. All right. So if you want to see the same thing we post to you, managers who have the likes of Cancelo, Haaland, Foden, Edison, I mean, De Bruyne maybe would like to come back to them immediately after the blank game week. What are, What is your best bet? What do you think they should do?
2: So, um, in this opinion, first things, I'll look at managers that, that still have chips to activate. So, okay. the first thing our advice is that they should look at activating their wildcard in game week 13. So if you think, if you intend to activate your wildcard in game with 13 then dealing with the blank game itself is actually going to be very easy. Why? Because you can get rid of all your arsenal and city players. You can get rid of all your arsenal and city players, then bring them back in your game with 13 wildcard. But then if you've already played your wildcard, that's when things like this get trickier. But I think Arsenal and City, they both have interesting fixture run from game week thirteen onwards. So I don't want I don't think anybody wants to miss out on the attacking sides of this Arsenal and Man City. So if you can find if you can bench three players in game week 12 out of your Arsenal assets, I think benching players like Alan, Cancelo and Martinelli is a good move. As if you have 11 starters, I'll al- size this three. So it's not just about see. This is this this particular game with game of 12 isn't really about quality per se. To some extent, it's about quality, but then it's actually being able to field 11 players. But then if you don't have 11 starters, another option is to sell one of your Arsenal or Man City players. And buy them back in game week 13 mm. so it doesn't really cost much it takes just two transfers or it's good actually what's it so you could just keep all your and you can also and you can actually just keep all your blank players you can keep them and field less than 11 starters but then you're guaranteed to be missing out on points
1: <laughs>
2: and and to be to be very honest it's not actually difficult to get Benching the remaining three for the game tour and having a very, to some extent, a very reliable bench that you think can field eleven players in that blank game week. So it's not really about it's not really about um, fielding eleven players per se. It's just about having enough amount of players to play as much as like probably eight, nine, nine players. So. Because the future run for Arsenal and Man City in Game Week thirteen onwards is just very, very interesting for you to miss out on the attackers.
0: All right. So um speaking of um, um um game week twelve, let's let's look at your differentials going into game week ten, differentials, players that you think are gonna be the ones to make the difference. Not so many just not so many managers would love to move to them and you i a- them a- to make a difference. a difference. Okay,
2: one one player I really, really, um, I really consider as a differential is Aubameyang. And Aubameyang's effective ownership, I think his ownership is less than two percent,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: he has he actually has interesting features from from game week ten to I think probably game week sixteen or game week seventeen. And he looks like this guy that is going to start very, 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 very often under Graham Potter. And with the likes of Rhys James swinging in crosses from the wings, you know, Rhys James creating a lot of chances, you know, how Aubameyang has tendencies of being on the receiving end of most of Rhys James in swing crosses. And in game week 12, he has Brentford? 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 hasn't really, really, really been good defensively. They have a victory difficulty rating of about three. But I still see Chelsea putting goals past them in game 12. And if anybody is going to do that, it is Aubameyang is one of the people or one of the persons I feel can actually cause a whole lot of trouble in game 12. Another differential I'm actually looking at is Oli Watkins. Watkins in game week 12, Um, I think he's, I think he's facing, um, who is he facing in game? I can't really remember. Let me check. Yeah, in game week 12, he's facing Fulham and you know how, you know how sloppy and leaky Fulham's defense is. Fulham's defense can be quite sloppy and leaky. So I think if, if he's going to work on this, Conversion rates. I think he should. He should. He should be. He should be a very, very, very scary differential. I think his ownership is less than eight percent.
0: It's actually two point two percent. You saw
2: this weekend. Newcastle created the most chances uh-huh. this weekend against yeah. Fulham. So if. If um, what's it called Villa can create chances and Watkins is in the receiving end of these chances, he should actually he would he would be a menace. He's going to he's someone I feel can actually cause a lot of issues in in um, what's it called in blank game with 12, and also oh, Skamarka. Yeah. But then I still as bad as Liverpool's defense is, I still rate Liverpool's defense a lot. Because Kamaka is facing Liverpool, so I, Liverpool are going to definitely concede. Yeah, they they've they've just been very they've just been off defensively, but I can't write them off. They can actually decide to keep it. That's why I really fancy Kamaka or Bowen in that in that particular game week. And so, mind you, Madison is still a differential because his ownership is still less than fifteen percent. I don't know. People, uh, managers might tend to tilt towards him during that blank game week. But for now, I still consider Madison and Avibans as differentials.
0: Mm, no Okay.
2: No. Yeah. So that, so like, those are like the differentials I feel can cause, to some extent, a large degree of upset in game week twelve.
0: Mm, no Okay. Okay. Sure. All right. I'm. I mean, going going into game week ten, Louis. Um, you. I don't know, but. Even with a 47 point from Bobby Firmino, he still has a relatively low ownership. Do you think um, he's going to be a differential going into game week 10? Looking at um, Darwin Nunez hasn't really picked up his form over the course of the week. Um, the manager saying that he's, he's had a language barrier. Um, Luis, what do you think?
1: Is he looking up Bobby Firmino against Arsenal, he could definitely pop up with a goal or a couple of assists. Mm. Um, quite easily, it's what he does. He's good in that that kind of game. You know, we'll never write him off in a big game. He's very good when you need him. Um, whether it's scoring or assisting, like I said, but yeah, he's definitely a, a good option this week.
0: To so what about other other differentials? I know, I know your man Rodrigo is back. Is, is is he is he going to pick up from where he left off? What what other differentials are are you picking this week? It, it,
1: there's, there's quite a few. Um, can we consider Son a differential?
0: Okay.
1: What's against Brighton? You know they've got attacking, but they're not great defensively. Um. Okay. Mason Mount, as well, against Wolves, 3.4% owned. Um, yes, he's not returned like everyone wants him to, but you never know. He's one of the make-up out of nowhere. And I think a final one could be Anthony from Man United. too.
0: Mm, okay, okay. All right, of course. Uh, Anthony, Anthony's a different show I anyway. Mean, he hasn't really picked up his form yet and then. You <laughs> don't really know what 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 what's happening to him. So let's 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 quickly get on to captaincy, and uh, we know, um, Ellen Harlan from game week five, five he gave us seventeen points. Game week six, 16, uh, 17 points. Game week um seven he gave us a nine points, and just game week eight he gave us six points. Uh, I know mean, he was furious <laughs> with the six points, and then just uh, the past game he gave us twenty three points. Um, speak to me, Lewis. Who are you, captaining this week? I know you. You have you have given me the the the, the, the most differential captains <laughs> in this in this this season. And at the point, you had Sanastera as so a captain. So, who are you, captain, this week?
1: I mean, I'm in two minds at the minute. Um, okay. You know, I've got that many options in my team that I I could captain any of them. Think at the minute it is between Madison and Harland, and oh, I want to say Zaha as well, but I'm not too convinced yet. Um, okay. so yeah, Zaha, Madison, or Harland, I'd say Maybe if the... you put them, yeah, um, I say if you're gonna put them in order from top to bottom, it'd be Madison, Harland, Zaha.
0: Oh, okay, interesting, all right. <laughs> madison harland okay sure um i feel my captaincy decisions this week okay um my three captain options for this week
2: are actually harland harland and harland
0: huh. <laughs> i think
2: asking asking about captaincy i i don't feel this is the game week where anyone should actually go against harland oh really he, he got rested in the Champions League. He didn't play f- a full game. I think Pep removed him after half time, having bagged a brace. Naturally, I would have expected him to still give him about 20 minutes for him to bag his hat trick. But Pep removed him after 45 minutes. So I see Aland re-energized for um, his own clash against Southampton. So I'm not going to. I'm not going against Aland again at least for now once beaten twice shy (laughs) so Alan (laughs) Alan is is that captain is that captain for the week. Mm -hmm. See I actually consider it as a sin in FPL going against Alan with your captaincy. Oh really anybody that is taking that risk should be ready to bear the consequences of of that scene. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but if, if if you also want to consider someone else aside Ireland, I think Madison is a fanciable option, actually. I think I fancy Madison. Yeah. And you could also you could also make a point for Bowen. But I'm not really conf- convinced about Bowen, basically. So mm-hmm. everything just boils down to Ireland. So- and if you want someone that is really not Ireland, then you can look at KDB. But then you need to understand that most of KDB's goal involvement as a result of Holland's conversion. Yeah. So if you have KDB and Haaland in your team, I don't think you should be going KDB. I think Holland is the safe bet. So it's still Holland basically from yeah. Holland. Okay.
0: Holland, okay. Holland, Holland. 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 Not even Holland, <laughs> Holland. Um, so now let's let's quickly move on. Let's jump on to um, we come on, we, we we just uh, we'll randomly pick a team and talk about. But let's jump on the FPL community question of the week. And uh, over 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 the course of I think after after Tuesday, uh, after after Madison gave us the eighteen point haul, I think 17, 18 point haul, um, many have been asking me why is it that Ellen Harland's value now is twelve point two million. But then his selling value is 11.8 million. you Lewis, I want to start with you. How 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 is it possible? I
1: I saw you tweet about this and I was thinking about it. And it, it is a weird concept, but it makes sense. After to explain it, it'll make sense. So, like you're saying, his his buy value for someone who hasn't got him is 12.2, and your selling value. Is eleven point eight? Did you say? So, basically, what it is, he started off at eleven million, and but because because he's that valuable now, the buying value will be a lot more to make sure people you know spend a bit more of their money on him. And obviously, they don't want us doing a complete swap. Um, it's it's kind of like a, a VAT kind of thing to so compare it to what he did. You know, we already own him. If you want to sell him, we won't get as much, but we get a decent profit off it, That's basically all it is.
0: Oh, okay. Okay.
1: All right.
0: I well, forgot to subscribe. Oh, okay. Okay, sure. All right. So I want us to I want us to uh, to pick Chelsea and talk about Chelsea in, in a minute and we'll be done. Um, Now, Grandpa was is in now. I, feel like I remember having a conversation with you and saying, okay, fine, he needs time. Now, he's, he's had back-to-back wins. And it feels like Chelsea is in. Uh, is it is it is it time to start fancying Chelsea? Even you talked about the differentials you picked Mason Mount. Is it is it time to really fancy Chelsea? Is Chelsea back in our good books?
1: Potentially. Um definitely a potential. Um Aubameyang is interestingly. Really, really interested me. I don't know whether I want to get rid of Harry Kane. Um, you know, I thought from the first two weeks Kane's returning every single game he's played. And yes, I'm on the end return, but he's not he's not Harry Kane. You know, and I'm worried if yes, Chelsea's fixes are better. But I'm worried that if I bring him in, the obvious is gonna happen and like Kane will get two or three goals or something like that
0: um mm, okay all right now for you may see you think um the port a the, uh, boy is back and then uh, people should start focusing on on, on chelsea um
2: i think Gris james from chelsea is is enough basically with James from chelsea is enough but then you can actually make a point for kepa in kepa has already to some extent he's actually tried to cement his place as portals first choice keeper and mm-hmm. Chelsea actually have an interesting set of fixtures coming up so if you want to double up on Chelsea's defense or you're having a problem with deciding your goalkeeper, I think you should you could actually look at Kepa Rizabalaga yeah he's actually very interesting I don't really fancy Aubameyang I don't know I, I I just don't feel Aubameyang is that player in Champions League in the Champions League this during the week he, he scored a goal, but that was like his only goal contribution. That was his only shot, shot at goal. That was just so I don't fancy Aubameyang. and Sterling. Sterling. Sterling is a good player. He's just very, very inconsistent. And Missy Mounts, Missy Mounts, uh he hasn't he hasn't been there like Premier League wise. His start has just been terrible. He has been playing no cap no doubt about it well he starts very very terrible and mm. I, I i don't fancy them at least for now if i'm looking at chelsea player players i'll probably look at them for like the next couple of weeks just first to be fully convinced that they're actually players that worth me recouping them into my team but if i'm looking at any Chelsea player now i probably would be looking at um like i said kepa kepa is abalaga and i already have restraints. james
0: yeah no, okay all right so um once again gentlemen thank you so much for for for, for joining us and uh um for you listening your deadlines on saturday 11 p 11 a.m bst 11 a.m british standard time and Um, You need to convert that time to wherever you are in the world to be able to not miss the deadline and to be able to um, actually make um, the good changes and have a good team. I mean, have an owned team to be able to face off other managers in game week 10. So um, this is where we bring you, this is where we end. And then, of course, we're going to bring you another episode of the FPL Manager Script. next week. Once again, thank you so much, the Liverpool man, Lewis Edwards, and also to you, FPOMC. Yeah, thank you for having me, Bobby. Yeah, thank you very much. Just
1: um, a little, a little uh, crunching on the, the deadline. The deadline in at BST is um one thirty in the afternoon this week. For some reason.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Sure. All right. <laughs> All right.